Hello, I'm Pastor Jeff Dawes, the lead pastor here at Stockbridge Community Church. And I just wanted to say thank you for joining us here online. It is our prayer that today's message would be helpful and meaningful to your life. If you're in the South Atlanta area, I would personally like to invite you to come to one of our services at 9 a.m., 10.30 a.m., or 12 p.m. We are located at 4401 Highway 155 North in Stockbridge, Georgia. You may visit our website for more information about our church at www.sccview.net. Again, that website is www.sccview.net. I want to say it again. Thank you again for listening, and I hope you have a wonderful day. Good morning, everybody. It is so good to see you today. I'm so glad that you are here. I want to ask you, I don't know if, if you've struggled with this or not, but I've sort of struggled this year with the, the Christmas spirit. Does anybody else? Well, you don't have to raise your hand, but you know, I've sort of struggled with that. And, um, and so I, I think that our culture is sort of, you know, trying to push the Christmas season out. Do you agree with that? I mean, we can't even say Merry Christmas anymore. You know, it's not politically correct. Well, I want to tell you something. Merry Christmas. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. I, and so anyways, as we enter this season, I think it's time that we, we just got to, even though we're busy on the outside, we got to figure out how to work that out on the inside and, and get refocused. Because remember in the be- very beginning, it was the Lord who sent the angels to sing to the shepherds that said, glory to God in the highest, peace on earth and goodwill toward men, right? And it is through the, uh, Christmas and through what Jesus brings. And so I'm glad you're here today. I want to welcome those that are watching online as well today. Now we're continuing a series that we started last week called Christmas Gifts. And by the way, I, heard, I know you heard Miss Diane, you saw the advertisement, but our, we want you to be reminded of our Christmas Eve services. We're doing on that 23rd, we're doing one that night. For those of you that have family on Christmas Eve and you can't come, and then we're doing three services on Christmas Eve, uh, for you to be a part of, and we have a card on, on the front of your program, we're asking you to invite someone to come uh, to Christmas Eve service. And on the 27th, I'll be doing a message on the 27th that you get to enjoy from the comfort of your home. This is the only time you will ever hear a pastor say, stay home, okay? On the 27th, we want you to have some time with your family, we're asking you to come to the Christmas Eve services, so we're asking you to stay home on the 27th. And the, the message will be available at 9 o'clock that morning. Uh, if you want to be the first ones to get me, turn on at 9 o'clock. If not, we will have it recorded, and you can watch it throughout the day, whenever you choose. But, uh, so anyways, we're going to do church online that day. And it's really, I think it's really going to be a great message, by the way. I've been working on that. All right, so today we're talking about uh, the title that you have on your outline is this, is Jesus came to give us authentic peace. I want to try my very best to, to describe that to you and to discuss this with you today. So I want to teach you something. Uh, I want to teach you the pathway to authentic peace. Are you ready for this? And so if you just look up on the screen with me, I'm going to read the path to authentic peace is, and then you're going to say upward, inward, and outward. You ready? Let's try it together. Here we go. The path of authentic peace is upward, inward, and outward. Let's try it one more time. The path to authentic peace is upward, inward and outward and today I hope that you never forget that in our time we need the Christmas spirit more than ever before 
And so I want to challenge you today with this piece. So let's get started. Number one is this. Would you write this down? Jesus gives us authentic peace with God. Would you write that down? With God. Now, once you wrote that down, I want you to look at me because we want you to, on the count of three, I want you to say upward. You ready? One, two, three, upward. Right? Let's try it again. You ready? One, two, three, upward. And that's where, our, that's where peace begins. It is the source of peace that comes from God and is through Jesus Christ. This week, I read a story about a guy by the name of Derwin Gray. Derwin actually was a, an NFL player. He played with the Colts for five seasons, and he played with Carolina Panthers as well for a season. But he shared his story, and uh, as I was reading Derwin's story, he started off like this. He said, you know, my life began a little topsy-turvy like a lot of our lives. He said, needless to say that most of us grew up in dysfunction, and most of us have dysfunction in our lives, so we all have it in our lives. But he said, my mom and dad... Uh, had they, uh, she became pregnant when she was 16, his dad was 17, and so they were very, very young, and they had all kinds of issues that was going on with that fact. And then he said, you know, not, let alone that, that we grew up in uh, San Antonio, Texas, he said, in the, he said in the projects, and his words were this, I thought this is pretty, this is pretty ironic, but he said, he said, listen, we were not poor, we were po. And, I, and as he wrote, he, his words, he began to write, he, as I read the article, it says, we were poor, he, he said, we could, were so poor, we could not afford the other O and R. <laughs> oh, that's crazy. But anyways, he said, we, so we were really poor. And, uh, and so he, he said, as he grew up, you know, with all this dysfunction, his dad was absent a lot and, and in trouble a lot. And, uh, and so his grandmother basically was, ended up raising him and and uh, he said, you know, so I found a focus in my life to become football. He said, I found out there I could take out a little aggression. And, and so he, he said, I actually went on through middle school and, and high school, and I became better and better at this. And so all through college, he went to Brigham Young University, and, and then he was drafted into the NFL by the Colts. And, uh, but Derwin said this, that my life, even though I was acquiring all this, what I appeared to me, success, is that, you know, I had, he said, I finally had the, the car I wanted, had the, the girl I wanted, had the money I wanted. I had all the things that the world says would make me happy and give me peace. He said, yet I was eat up with misery. And he said, one day after a game, uh, the Colts had played a game, and they were uh, in the uh, locker room. They'd all showered, and, and he said, you know, there, he was getting dressed. And all of a sudden, he said, there was a guy that come through, walking through the locker room with a Bible. And he started talking about asking people that they know Jesus and stuff. And said he only had a, a towel wrapped around his waist. And Derwin said, he come up to me and said, you know, hey, do you know Jesus? He said, hey, do you know you're naked? <laughs> He's like, you know. And so anyway, after the guy approached him a couple of times, Derwin was new to the whole, uh, this team and this locker room experience. And so he asked some other players, said, hey, who's the freak running around here with a, just a towel on with a Bible? They said, oh, we call him the naked preacher. Uh, but anyways, his name ended up being Stephen Grant. And Stephen Grant also played on the team. But Stephen would go around and share the gospel of Jesus Christ with his other uh, NFL players. And Derwin said, you know, my, my desire to have something more was there, but I didn't know what it was. And he said, Stephen would come through the locker room and he would still share and he would share, even though I was like, man, I don't need any of that. I don't want to hear that Jesus stuff. 
He said, finally come to a point to where in my life I was just so miserable that something had to give. He said, I had everything the world said I needed to be, to be at peace, but I did not have it. And so he talked to Stephen one day about it, and Stephen introduced him to Jesus Christ. But he said, this was my problem. He said, my problem was this. He said, I felt like that, you know, one day I, I, maybe I'll accept Christ, but after I start acting better, after I start becoming better. In other words, I've got to quit doing all this other stuff, and then I'll come to Christ. And he said, Stephen Grant helped him to understand is that, you know what, you don't, you don't get good and then get saved. You get saved and being saved helps you get good, right? That's horrible English, but that's the way he said it. And that's the way I said it, it was my interpretation. So, so understanding that. And so I, today I just want you to understand that, that peace begins with God. It's upward. And, and until you get that relationship straightened out, then no other one will matter. It, won't, it cannot satisfy. And so on your outline, look what we have, the memory verse by the way, is Romans 5 and 1. And look what it says. Therefore, since we have been made right in God's sight by faith, we have what? With who? God. We have peace with God. Did you notice that? Therefore, since we've been made right in God's sight by faith, we have peace with God because of what Jesus Christ, our Lord, has done for us. Can I explain to you what Jesus did just a second? Because you're never going to have peace any other way. Do you understand this? Is that Jesus Christ became the unforgiven that we might become the forgiven. Do you see that? Jesus Christ became the... Whenever you think about the cross and whenever you think about the horrible scene of the cross and if you've ever you know, watched the movie The Passion, it depicts all of that. Jesus took your place and my place. And that's what unforgiveness is. It gets punished, and God punishes sin. And Jesus was punished on the cross for us. He became the unforgiven that we might become the forgiven. And today I want to tell you this. You might be like Derwin Gray. You might think, you know what? Well, as soon as I turn away from this, then I'll turn to God. Let me tell you something. You will never, it's not about what you turn away from. It's about who you turn toward. And today that's Jesus Christ. And I want to challenge you today to do that. And, and so much so that today, you know, we have a prayer inside of your program. I'm not going to read it to you. You know, you're a grown-up. You can read it. And today, if you mean that, I'm asking you to sometime during the, the service that you read that prayer to become a Christ follower. And that you mean business with God. It's between you, you and Him. The only thing I ask you to do is be man or woman enough to read that prayer for yourself and mean it in your heart. And then on the back of your connection card, I'm asking you just to check the box. It says, I'm becoming a Christ follower today. And if you will do that, I'd like to pray with you and send you some information. Amen. Can we give God a hand for those that are giving their life to Jesus Christ right now? Amen. Online as well. Amen. Okay, so remember what we said. Remember what we said now. You've got to help me with this. The path to authentic peace is what? Upward, inward, and outward. So we see that relationship with Jesus Christ is upward, it's with God. So that's where it all begins, right there. But the second part is inward, is inward. I want you to uh, listen to me just a second. I want you to understand our circumstances as a follower of Jesus Christ. Let me give you, I better give you number two, right? I about got ahead of myself. Number two is this, write this down. Jesus gives us authentic peace in the midst of our circumstances. I'll let you write that down.
On the count of three, we're going to say the word inward. You ready? One, two, three, inward. Let's try it again. One, two, three, inward. So it starts upward and then it comes inward. What I want you to know is this. Is that our circumstances as followers of Jesus Christ do not, I repeat, they do not control our peace. Our peace does not come from our circumstances. If you're a follower of Jesus Christ, our peace comes from God Almighty. Our peace doesn't come from our circumstances. It comes from God Almighty. And if you look right into the scripture, God had Paul write this word so that we would be reminded of this. And look what he says. In Philippians 4, 4 through 7, he says, Always be full of joy in the Lord. I say it again, rejoice. Let everyone see that you are considerate in all you do. Remember the Lord is coming when? Soon. We believe that. That's our hope. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank Him for all He has done. And then you will experience what? God's peace when you do those other things beforehand, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will what? Would you circle that word guard right there? Guard. His peace will guard our hearts and mind as you live in Christ Jesus. Now what I want you to know is, is this. Is that word guard right there is actually a military word. You know, we think of uh, like the, if you were to go to Washington, D.C. And, and go to the uh, Capitol there, you would see that there's guards all around. You, we use that term guard dog. In other words, it's something that protects someone. And the Bible says that God's peace guards our heart. And here's what I want you to know, is that it does guard our heart. That's why, you know what, that's why many of you today that are Christ followers, you haven't lost your mind while you was losing everything else. Did you hear me? There's other people that have been through stuff that you've been through, but they didn't make it. You made it. You know, they ended up in the nut house. They ended up in the hospital. They ended up messed up. Their life jacked up. They ended up on drugs. They ended up on, uh, being, uh, on alcohol. They ended up all this in all this crisis. But somehow you, the Christ follower, somehow you made it through. And this is what I want you to know, is that it's God's peace that guards your heart, that when you're going through stuff, that somehow this peace gives you enough strength to take one more step, and it gives you strength to go one more day. How? Because it's God's peace that's guarding your heart. In other words, you didn't go crazy because there was a still small voice inside of you that says, you can make it. It's going to be all right. One more day, one more breath. You just hang in there, and there was something speaking to you, and it was almighty God's peace guarding your heart. Amen? Rhonda and I have been through this many times, circumstances. You, many of you don't know this, but um, about, well, it's been about 19 years ago now, a little more, almost 20. Rhonda became pregnant with our daughter. By the way, that was her that came and sang the third song, our daughter, Caitlin. And, and for those of you that don't know, the lady beside her was my wife, Rhonda. We had just become pastors of this church over 20 years ago, and Rhonda became pregnant with, with Caitlin. And, uh, you know, so we, we're just trying to get in this pastor thing going. And, and then uh, as she was pregnant with Caitlin, all of a sudden one night, I never will forget it, Rhonda cried, screamed out, Jeff! I went running to her. And she was right in the middle of a miscarriage. 
And I was like, I was trying to comfort her and say, it's, it's okay, it'll be all right, you know. And ladies, we men don't know what to say. We say stupid things like, hey, we'll try to have another one like that's going to make you feel better. I really thought it was. And so she, she was right in the middle of that. And, and so, you know, the next morning we got up and we took her to the doctor and, and they did all these tests and found that, you know, your baby's still there. We don't know the condition, but it's still there. So they started giving her these drugs. And by the way, uh, you know what? I didn't know this, so maybe you don't know. But, but ladies, the reason that you get so sick in, in the morning sickness for the first three months is because your body is producing a hormone that helps you keep the child. So sickness is actually a good thing. So they was giving her medicine that would make her sick because she didn't have that hormone. And so for about four to five months, every morning she'd, she'd take that pill knowing that she was going to be sick. So it'd be take the pill. And like Sundays, you know, we'd go to, so before we started, we lived in Centerville. We was driving to Forest Park. And so we started, before we started that, you know, 45 minute drive, she'd take the pill, throw up. We'd go get to the church and, and Rhonda was playing the piano some for us then. And so she'd play the piano. And then when I get ready to preach, she'd go throw up and come back in and play the piano again and go throw up again. You know, it was just that way. It was horrible. Then about six months into the pregnancy, Rhonda discovers there's a lump in her breast. And so we go to the doctor, I go with her, and the doctor, we go to this doctor, and he examines her, and he does all kinds of things. And then he sets us down, and he looks at us and says, now again, we're 26, we're 26 and 27 years old. He looks at us and said, listen, I've saw this one other time and one other patient in my practice. And they died when they were 27. Have a good day. Needless to say, when we walked out of that doctor's office, we were stunned. And I mean, the, he'd basically given her a death sentence. You're going to die. And we walked out of that doctor's office, you know, not knowing. What do you say? I don't know what you say. What do you look? What do you say? I don't know. Both of us were stunned. We didn't know what to say. And, and I was trying to be a man of faith, you know, and trying to say, you know, honey, it's going to be all right. And the whole time in the back of my head, I was thinking, dear God, you know, we have a son already and, and we have another child on the way. There's no way I can raise two children. God, I don't want to go through life without Rhonda. God, you know, and all this stuff's whirling. And so we, we were eaten up with, with fear and the what ifs and, and what probably is going to be. And, and all we knew to do is because we were people of faith, is that you, you just pray and you just talk to God in those circumstances. You can't control it. And you somehow, listen, it doesn't relieve the tension. Did I think that, okay, we prayed one time and everything's going to be all right we're, and we never have another thought about it? No, every day of my life I thought about it. But when those thoughts would come flooding in, flooding in I would say, God, Lord, we've got to trust you. You've got to help us here. And I want to tell you something. I want to tell you that when you trust God, you hold on because it doesn't matter what people say. It doesn't matter what the doctors say. It doesn't matter what others have said because God's got a plan, amen? And I want you to know today what that doctor said. You will, you will never see past 27. That woman stood right here today and she sang a song and that young lady standing beside her today was a baby that should have been miscarried. They said after she was born, they said, we've never seen anybody baby survive in the condition you were in. Why? Because of the Heavenly Father said, I've got a plan. No matter what your plan is, I've got a plan. And this morning, she was singing unto the glory of Almighty God. You see, God saw this day 
over 20 years ago when she was a baby within that womb. God knew that she would stand on this stage today and declare glory unto the King. He's mighty to save. He's glorious and you can trust Him. Amen? The Bible says it this way. Paul picks it back up in Philippians 4. He says this. He said, I know how to live on almost nothing or with everything. I have learned the secret of living in every situation, whether with full stomach or empty, with plenty or little. For I, would you say I? I. For I can do everything through who? Through who? Through Christ who gives me strength. What he's saying here is this. I don't know what you're going through, but this is what I can tell you. I know that my Jesus and your Jesus can get you through. Did you hear that? I don't know what you're facing right now. Maybe it's a marital crisis. Maybe it's a physical crisis. Maybe it's a relational crisis. I don't know, but I'm telling you this Christmas, this is what I found out. Over 25 years, over 30 years of serving Jesus, this is what I know, that I'm going to go through stuff, but I know He is the one that can get me through it. And whatever you're going through today, I want to tell you that God can get you through. Amen? God can get you through. Wow, wow, wow. That's all right. I'm preaching better than you're amening. <laughs> if it's a divorce today, it's not the end. If it's, a, if it's a bankruptcy, it's not the end of you. If you're a teenager here today and things have happened to you that should not have happened to you, it's not the end of you. Because God will can and will get you through your circumstances. Remember we said the path to peace is? The path to authentic peace is what? It's upward, it's inward, and it's outward. That takes us to number three. Number three, would you write this down? Jesus gives us authentic peace with others. With others. On the count of three, I want you to say... Outward. You ready? One, two, three. Outward. Let's try it again. One, two, three. Outward. That's right. It's upward, it's inward, and it's outward. That's the order that peace comes. Too many people try to get it out here in order to get it in here. No, 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 no. You get it from here, in here, and it goes out here. When you get you right, the world gets right. Going back to the Derwin Gray story, he shared about something that was really amazing to me. He talked about how his father was absent. Always in and out of jail and stuff. He said, you know what? All I wanted from my dad was one thing. I said, I just wanted my dad to be on the sidelines when I was in high school and just put his arm around me and just say, son, I'm proud of you. He said, I thought, you know, he never was there in my high school game. So he said, I thought when I got a scholarship to, to college that my dad would show up to one of my games he said, I looked in the stands and I never saw dad, never showed up. He said, when I, got, when I got drafted into the NFL, he thought, surely my dad will show up now. You know, he said, every week I would get up and we would get ready to play the game. And he said, I would scan the crowd of those thousands of people, hoping to find them face to my dad, just wanting him one time to come down and put his arm around me and just say, son, I'm proud of you. He said, he never did. He said, because of that, I had something growing inside of me. It was called anger and bitterness. He said, I was angry. I hated my dad because of that. And he said, you know what's amazing? He said, what's amazing about his story is that he was using his anger 
as a means for his success. In other words, his, he allowed that internal anger to make him play harder, hit harder, because he was just so angry. And he said, you know what, that only lasts so long, and then it starts attacking you. Some of you sitting here today, you got an emotion that you're dealing with right now that you're using in your life right now to just try to get through and it's unhealthy and it's going to take you down until you deal with it. Derwin talks about how he wrote his father a letter after, after all his NFL career was over and he became, he became a Christian through that process and he started writing people and telling them about Jesus. And he said all of a sudden he was writing people, telling them about Jesus and the thought came to his mind, write your dad. He said, I actually cussed at God. He said, no way, I'm, I'm writing that blankety blank. He said, but I finally had to come to terms with that. He said he ended up writing his dad a letter who was in prison at that time. And his dad responded back. He said, I waited. It was like three weeks later. I finally, I got a letter back. He said, I was scared to open it. But his dad said, son, thank you for forgiving me. And he talked about how that from that point in his journey that Derwin actually become a, Derwin actually has become a pastor in California and he's doing really good. He's got a great church. And how his relationship with his dad, how, that, how it, it's been nurtured along and, and how God has begun to mend that relationship. And I want to say this to you today. Jesus tells us that we have to learn to love. Look what the scripture says in Matthew uh, 43, 4-5. Matthew 5, 43. He says, you have heard the law say, that says, love your neighbor and hate your enemy. Now, let me tell you something. Look at me just a second. Doesn't that sound right? And I know you're scared right now. I know you're scared to move your head because you know what the Bible says. But doesn't that sound right? I mean, come on. Honestly. I mean, that's right. Listen, you know what? You love me, I love you back. You hit me, I hit you back. Now, doesn't that sound like common sense? I mean, that, sound, that sounds right to me. That sounds, more, that sounds ethically right. It sounds morally right. It sounds good to me. I'll just be honest with you. That sounds good. And then Jesus comes and jacks everything up. <laughs> Look what he says. But I say, love who? And pray for those who what? Who persecute you. Now that is jacked up. That's not right. It doesn't seem normal. It isn't normal. And it just doesn't sound right to me. I'll be honest with you. This is one of those things where I'm like, I didn't get, listen, I've been a Christian for 30 years. I didn't get this. I read the Bible. I read the Bible constantly. You know what? Every morning I try to read the Bible. I'm going to tell you, I don't get this. I never got this. Love your enemies. So let me go on and finish the verse and I'll tell you. He says, but love your enemy. Pray for those who persecute you. In that way, you will be what? Acting. Would you circle that word acting? I'm fixing to tell you. I'm fixing to teach you something here. Acting as true children of your Father in heaven. Okay, you got that? You got that circle? Look at me because I'm going to help you. Jeff had a problem. Because Jeff always equated love with a feeling. So when Jesus said, love your enemy, love those who persecute you, are you kidding me? Because when they, when they, when they say stuff about you, when they do stuff to you, that produces a hurt feeling, right? And listen, if my feelings are connected to love, then friend, you ain't got a chance. And for years I lived this way. I'm like, oh, no, sister. oh I'm sorry. God, I can't, and I read this, you know, for years, like, God, I can't love my enemies. Are you, I, God, I hope I made it to heaven because I can't love, I'm having a hard time loving my enemies, you know. And that meant I wanted to feel good about them. Like, you know, me and you buds, after you just cussed me out, you just put all kinds of stuff on the Facebook about me, it's a lie. And whoa, I love you. 
Are you kidding me? I have a hard time with that. Uh-uh. But this is what I understood. The last part of that, ver- that verse says this. He says, you will be acting as two children of God in heaven. Notice the word acting. Love is not a feeling. Love is an action. This is how God loved you. Listen, God doesn't feel good towards you when you do all these bad things. He doesn't feel good towards you, but because He loves you, He still acts good toward you. Amen. Aren't you glad? If God did, was not loving, I'd be dead. And so would you. So here's what I want to tell you. I'm fixing to give you a Merry Christmas right now. Are you ready? Merry Christmas. When you go to Christmas dinner and mother-in-law sitting across the table, (laughs) brother-in-law sitting across the table, guess what? You can love them and not feel good at all toward them. (laughs) I'm helping you, right? Come on. I'm serious, I'm serious. You can, you love them. It ain't that you feel good. They're sitting across the table and inside of you, there's a little voice in your back mind that says, this is a jerk, that is a jerk. That's an idiot God, the dumbest person you ever created is right there. <laughs> I mean, you can have that going on. Come on, anybody else have that stuff going on besides me? I'm like, sure, Jesus, la, 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 la. Here it is, watch this. Love is not a feeling. Love is an action. That means this. You may have cussed me out. You may have posted all kind of bad stuff about me on Facebook. You may have tried to hurt me. You may have tried to do this to me. But this is what I want you to know. Is that you're not raining on my parade, baby. Because, listen, just because you did that to me doesn't mean I'm going to respond with that with you. And I'm going to, I'm going to be good no matter how, you, how bad you are. You're not taking me off my tracks. And, and I'm going to act right when you're acting wrong. And so love is saying, I don't care what you've done. I'm not going to do that because I'm following the method of Jesus Christ. That all those people were cruel and mean to him, but he still did what was right. And that's what love is. It's not a feeling. It's how I act. And so this Christmas you go sit around that table. You let them act out like a jerk. Let them be a jerk. But you just say, pass me the mashed potato, please. Cut me a piece of that turkey, please. And then you're out of there in an hour and a half and you say, God, I just love them. Woo-hoo! God, you know, if I didn't love them, I would have slapped them. <laughs> now, does that help you? Amen. So love is not a feeling, it's an action. That's how you love your enemy. Do you hear that? That's how you look. You never feel good about your enemy. You just keep doing right. I'm going to do a whole series on this next year. So powerful. Okay. So holding on to grudges. Matter of fact, look at the 1 Corinthians 4. I won't go through all, or 13. This is what the Bible's definition of love is. Look what he says. Love is what? Amen. Love is what? Amen. Okay, now is that an action? Not a feeling, right? Not a feeling. Was any of those feelings? No. You know, I just don't feel it. I don't feel it. Some of, you, some of you say you fall in and out of love every day, you know, with your spouse or whatever. You know, it's at least four times a week you say, I don't feel it, so I'm, I'm out of love this week. Oh, I fell in love this week, and I'm out of love. No, no, no. Grow up. Not a feeling. You see, you start acting right, and then you will start feeling right. 
You're never going to feel it until you act it. So that's what Jesus was saying. Listen, you're never going to get over something until you start acting right. You act and then you feel. You act and then you, you act and then you feel and then you heal. Did you hear that? Your relationships with your children, with your spouse, with your coworkers, whatever it is, they're not doing right, so I'm not going to do right. Well, nobody's ever going to be right. Why don't you be the mature one and do what Jesus did while they were spitting on him, while they were doing all this stuff? He did what was right. See, when you start doing right, as God did what was right, then all of a sudden you start feeling good about that person, and then the relationships heal. Not the other way around. So, the, so love is an action. It's an action. Let me just say this. When you forgive somebody, somebody gets set free from prison. You know who that somebody is? You. you. That's right. All right. So here's the next step. I want everybody to take it. Would you take out your connection card? It looks just like this. I want everybody today, everybody today, I want you to take this card out. On the back of this, it says this. The next step, I will do my best to act loving even though I do not, I don't what? Feel it. You're going to grow up. Merry Christmas right here. That's it. Merry Christmas. Joy to the world. The Lord has come. Peace on earth. It just happened for you right there. Check the box. Okay. Remember we said the path to authentic peace is what? Upward, inward, and outward. What is it? Upward, inward, and outward. There it is. Okay. Number four. Because of the day we're living in, I want to share this with you. Jesus gives us authentic peace in a fear-filled world. I want to give you words right from God's word because I know that there's a lot of fear going on now with terrorism and all this stuff. We're, we're afraid. But we don't have to be afraid. Look what the scripture says. Psalms 34 and 7. The angel of the Lord, what? Encamps. You know what that means? That means God's assigned an angel to you already. If you're a child of God, you have an angel assigned to you that goes with you everywhere you go. Everywhere. Encamps around those who fear him. And what does he do? There's so many times you should have been dead already, but your angel stepped in. Already. 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 Look what 1 Peter says. 1 Peter 3 and 12. For the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous, and he what? His ears are what? Attentive. His ears are attentive to their what? That means that when you pray, God hears you. Hello? So you should pray for your children. You should pray for your family. And listen, you shouldn't live in fear and say, oh, don't go to the mall, don't go to the movies. Somebody might show up with a gun. No, 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 no. You say, listen, as you go, I'm praying for you. I've asked the angels of the Lord to be dispatched around you. They're going to cover you. They're going to protect you. You go in peace, child. Amen? Amen. Look at Hebrews 3, 5, uh, 13, 5 and 6. God has said, never will I leave you, never will I forsake you. So we say with what? The Lord is my helper. I will not be what? Afraid. What can man do to me? Why? Because my path of peace is upward. I have peace inward. And I can have peace outward. Because of what God has done. Look what Jesus said in John 14, 27. Peace I leave with you. These next five words, let's read them out loud. Come on. My peace I give you. I do not give you... Uh, give to you as the world gives. Do not let your heart be troubled and do not be what? Afraid. 
You know what Jesus was saying? He was saying that, listen, when he was dying on the cross, when he was being beaten before he went to the cross, they beat him, they beat the life, they tried to beat the life out of him, put 39 stripes on his back. He said, listen, you can beat my body, but you, you cannot take my peace. And as he was walking up the hill, uh, uh, up the, the hill to go to the cross, as they were, were spitting on him and, and, and pulling out his beard, he said, you can humiliate me all you want to, but you cannot take my peace. And as he went and laid on the cross and they nailed his hands to the cross, he said, listen, you can persecute me all you want, but you cannot take my peace. Why? He said, as he, as he looked at the crowd down who was saying crucify, crucify, crucify. He said one thing Father forgive them. You know what he was saying? He's saying God even though I'm walking through all of this I still have confidence that you're the Heavenly Father and that you're with me no matter what's going on in my life. You may knock me down. You may put me down but you can't rob what's inside of me. The world didn't give it to me and the world can't take it away. You didn't give it to me and you can't take it away. Mama didn't give it to me and mama can't take it away it comes from almighty god i'm telling you we're gonna live in peace amen 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 stand with me right now hallelujah oh he didn't give it to you my peace today i want to pray for you and when i conclude this prayer our prayer team is going to come down here because there's some of you today that need to get it right upward there's some of you that need to get it right inward and there's some of you that need to get it at right outward and so today, I want to let you know, if you don't want to pray with one, these altars are open. You can come and kneel yourself. But whatever you do, you walk out of here with your peace today. Did you hear me? Not the pastor's peace, but your peace with God. Heavenly Father, thank you for these wonderful people. God, today, thank you that you've taught us from your word. God, I pray that your Holy Spirit will just right now infiltrate their hearts and let them know, God, that you're with them no matter what they're going through. You're going to get them through. And God, that love, Lord, you, that you're going to replace that feeling with action. And that, and that you're going to let them find true love. Today is their day, oh God, to reclaim their peace with you. And their peace with themselves. And their peace with others. Lord, even though the oceans rise and the thunders roll, God, we're going to be okay because you're with us. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. I hope you enjoyed the message today. I would like to stop right here and offer an opportunity for you to say a special prayer. If you're listening today and you're not a Christ follower, I would encourage you to pray this prayer. And it simply says this. Dear Lord Jesus, I know I'm a sinner and I ask for your forgiveness. I believe you died for my sins and rose from the dead. I trust and follow you as my Lord and Savior guide my life and help me to do your will if you prayed that prayer today would you email me my email address is jeffdaws1 at sccview.net the spelling of my name is j-e-f-f d-a-w-s the number one at s-c-c-v-i-e-w dot net Again, thank you for joining us today. And by the way, if you'd like to support God's work through Stockbridge Community Church that others may hear the good news of Jesus, I would challenge you to go to our website at www.secview.net and click the Give link at the top of the web browser. And there's many ways that you can give there. 
Again, thank you so much for joining us today. It is our pleasure to come to where you are and share the gospel. God bless you.